Hello and welcome to another edition of the PCOS Diva podcast. And today we're going to be speaking with Hannah Ransom. Hannah is a certified fertility awareness educator. And I invited her onto our podcast because a lot of women with PCOS uh, take the pill for therapy um, or have taken the pill, and I'm certainly one of them. But if you're taking the pill, you're also at risk uh, for things like um, heart attack or stroke. I know women with PCOS are at elevated risk of blood clots. Um, the pill can lower levels of valuable nutrients. It can lower libido. It increases insulin resistance. It can kill off friendly bacteria in your gut. So there, there's a lot of um, downsides to taking the pill. And I know that uh, when I was trying to... Um, get pregnant, obviously I came off the pill, but then went back on it for birth control, and my body just couldn't tolerate it. So I decided there had to be uh, another way that I could manage my fertility, um, but also feel better with PCOS and and manage it in a more natural way. So I actually... um, use natural family planning and fertility awareness methods, and I wanted to bring on a fertility awareness expert onto the podcast. So um, Hannah could share some um, information for other women with PCOS that that want to take more control of their fertility um, using fertility uh, planning and awareness methods. So Hannah, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. So let me just tell everyone a little bit more about you. Uh, As I mentioned, you're a certified fertility awareness educator, and you help women figure out exactly when they're fertile uh, to use it as an effective natural birth control method. She is the creator of the HER fertility program, and you teach women all over the world how to use their cycles to their advantage. So, So tell us, Hannah, um, how we can go about starting to use fertility awareness as a birth control method. Sure. So I guess I'll start a little bit with uh, what fertility awareness actually is, because a lot of people get it confused with the rhythm method or something else. Um, People hear fertility awareness and they're like, oh, yeah, I know what that is. But really, like when I start questioning people more, it's no idea. So fertility awareness is all about using your body's actual day-to-day signs that it gives you, telling you what's going on with your hormones, and those signs are actually a really reliable indicator of when you are actually fertile and not fertile. So it's really great because you're getting that fertility window with these signs, regardless of whether your cycles are regular, irregular, and also because these signs are based off of what's happening with your hormones in your body, you're getting an idea of what is going on with your hormonal health. So if you're still trying to figure out like, hey, what kinds of natural things help me to have my PCOS under control more, um, you're getting cycle by cycle data from your body just by charting your cycles and saying, hey, this seems to be regulating things um, in a really good way, or this doesn't really seem to be doing anything. Um, And that's kind of one of my favorite things about fertility awareness is 
all of the information that you get from your body. But then, of course, it's great as a birth control method, which can be really effective as long as it is used well and um, or used correctly and learned well. And also to help you get pregnant, um, especially if you have irregular cycles, you're never really sure when you're ovulating or you have a really short fertile window. Yeah, you know, when I um, was first diagnosed with PCOS, it was a result of using the Crichton model of fertility awareness. And or is, I'm not even sure if you would consider that fertility awareness. Is that um, kind of a natural family planning technique? Yeah, natural family planning and fertility awareness are really similar. Um, they're both basically umbrella terms for any kind of method that uses um, either periodic abstinence or periodic use of barrier methods. If you're using um, fertility awareness and using a barrier method, but uh, natural family planning tends to be when you hear natural family planning. Most of the time, that is um, taught by Catholics, and they teach, like, abstinence only during the fertile phase. Uh, so they just have the specific um, moral and ethical uh, code of the Catholic Church, whereas fertility awareness is often taught secularly. Um, so a lot of times, if you're taking a fertility awareness class, your teacher can discuss with you, like, other methods using during your fertile phase. Um, stuff like that. So that, that's kind of the difference. Yeah. Well, my the, the teacher that taught um, the Crichton me method was really the one that diagnosed me with PCOS based on my fertility charting. And yeah. once I started to learn more about my cycles, it was so empowering. And I think that's a big part of being a diva, uh, a PCOS diva, is taking control of your health and yeah. realizing that knowledge is power. And and charting your cycles is such, like you said, key information um, and really gives you wonderful feedback on how your lifestyle is working for you. Yeah, definitely. So can you really use it as a birth control method for women with PCOS? You know, our cycles tend to be um, longer, you know, and irregular. Um, yeah. T tell us a little bit more whether it's really a viable method for, for us. Yeah, so the beauty of fertility awareness is that it's effective whether your cycles are regular or irregular. So it can be used with PCOS sometimes because there's a couple things that people have a tendency towards with PCOS in their cycles. And this isn't everyone necessarily, but a lot of times there will be longer cycles and that's because ovulation is delayed. Um, so you're having a longer pre-ovulatory time. And then also during that pre-ovulatory time, a lot of times there's also a lot more cervical fluid than normal. So instead of, you know, five days, you might have 10 days. And cervical fluid is actually the sign that is telling you, hey, ovulation might be coming up. 
um, cervical fluid is the thing that is actually making sperm be able to survive inside of you because normally your vaginal environment is very acidic and sperm dies off very quickly. But cervical fluid alkalizes your vaginal environment and provides nourishment for sperm. So it kind of works in this like perfect system where um, your estrogen levels are increasing, which is what signals the cervical fluid to start, and the estrogen levels start increasing when your egg starts maturing. So it's kind of working in this perfect system where that happens right before ovulation, right? And you're knowing, okay, ovulation's coming up and sperm can survive inside of me. With PCOS, a lot of times, estrogen levels can be a little bit higher um, and you can have more follicles maturing and they can be doing so for a while without one actually dominating and ovulation happening. So sometimes, and this is for some people, you'll have an increased amount of cervical fluid so your fertile window can be longer artificially, kind of, um, even though, like, you wouldn't have necessarily been fertile that whole time. In retrospect, you can look back and be like, uh, well, you know, that was a lot of extra cervical fluid way before I ovulated. So sometimes one of the frustrating things can be that you can have a longer fertile window, which can be hard. Um but in terms of efficacy, you're not losing efficacy. So if it's something that it's like, okay, I would really love to do fertility awareness so that I can start really understanding what's going on in my body right now, um, start figuring out what kind of natural methods are working for me, um, and really get my cycles more uh, regular, then, which I'm assuming most of the listeners here are um, in that situation, that that's something that's really cool about fertility awareness, and you can still use it as a birth control method, but it's going to get a lot better to use as a birth control method as your cycles regulate, because you're, most people are going to end up having a shorter fertile phase, so it's just not as frustrating, because when you have a really long potential fertile phase, it can be frustrating, because you're like, wow, I'm barely having any time that I can actually have unprotected intercourse. Mm. And But it, it really, I think for those that are trying to conceive, um, mm-hmm. when you feel like it's oh, so, sometimes can be so frustrating and kind of out of your control, by being able to kind of be an active participant by knowing um, you oh, know, yeah. what your cycle is doing, um, I, I think it gives you a little bit more peace of mind, I guess. Oh, um, definitely. Be- and especially when you're not sure when you, like if you're just going off of, you know, calendars or something like that mm-hmm. for ovulation, you could easily be missing it. Um, it also Trying to conceive, there's so many little things that can give you peace of mind with fertility awareness. You know, you know when you actually ovulated. So you know when's going to be the best time to actually test to see if you're pregnant. Um, if you're doing any kinds of tests, uh, in terms of actually going to the doctor and getting like progesterone level tests, you're timing those tests correctly for your cycle right. instead of just going in on day 21 when you may not even have ovulated and your doctor's like, oh, you're anovulatory because I see your progesterone levels are this low. So there's so many advantages, (laughs) really, for both. Um, But it it can definitely be a frustration as a birth control method if Mm -hmm. uh, 
you still have really irregular cycles? Um, well, I ended up um, it, getting pregnant using fertility awareness. So it was hard. I mean, it was hard for me to, at the time, um, my my cycles were not as regular as they are now. Of course, I have a mm-hmm. wonderful um, blessing of a, of a daughter, uh, but I, I think I'll, it, it, it becomes more of a challenge for women with PCOS, and they need to have, you know, a teacher or a mentor that they can really um, rely on. And, and I know that yeah. you offer... Um, you know several different ways that women can work with you as a as a fertility um awareness educator maybe you know for somebody that's thinking well this is something that I want to start to take control of you know what is the first step how can they get how can women get started yeah, well, you can learn more. I do have, if you're just like, let me just dip my toes in. I just want to learn more about fertility awareness and see if this is something that might be right for me. Um, I do have a free program called the Her Fertility Mini School, and that uh, basically goes over, there's like documents on if fertility awareness is for you, how to talk to your doctor and partner about it. Um, more about exactly how fertility awareness works and what it is, um, more about all the other non-hormonal birth control methods too, just so that you can kind of see uh, if if it's a birth control method you're looking for, what the differences are and what works best for you. Um, so there's a lot of different information in there that's really helpful and uh, that is free so you can sign up for that course and that is at herfertility.com slash join hyphen free I always want to forget to say that hyphen Um, and then my fertility awareness courses those I have a couple of different levels Um, both of them are definitely I, I like to be really high contact with everyone that works with me um so both of them have access to a facebook group where you can get your questions answered and office hours and then i also have an option where you can do uh built-in one-on-ones via skype and email and text support so if you want a little more personal support you just really like having that one-on-one um that is a really good option as well and both of those include like the core Everything about learning fertility awareness. They have um, core video modules. They have an ebook. They include a cervical fluid masterclass, which cervical fluid is one of the most important pieces of fertility awareness. Um, they have a little hormonal health module too for things that um, to do. Basically, one thing is looking at your charts and figuring out what's healthy and what's not, and then also some of the basics of good hormonal health. So um, those courses are kind of jam-packed with lots of stuff, (laughs) and they're definitely really helpful for anyone learning fertility awareness and wanting to use it for um, monitoring hormonal health, birth control, or even getting pregnant. And there's specific getting pregnant courses in there, too. Well, I love that you have this master course on cervical fluid. I know that that um, it, it's kind of a, a difficult topic to learn, um, you know, by a yeah. book or like looking at pictures. Um, so it, it's great that you have that kind of support. And, and I think uh, I was just wanting to mention that, 
you know, there's a lot of um, you know new research and, and coming out for women with PCOS um, on different supplements that increase fertility. And avocetol is one of those. It's a combination myo-inositol, dechiro-inositol product that mm-hmm. helps um, with women with PCOS um, on a variety of different ways, but with ovulation. And I think that knowing how to monitor your cervical mucus and cervical fluid, you're right. You can kind of get a sense of whether, you know, if you're on a new supplement, if if it's um, making a difference in your cycles. Yeah. Yeah, because cervical fluid is one of the biggest things with people with PCOS, like very commonly, not always, but very commonly, people with PCOS have increased amounts of cervical fluid. So um, not only are you able to see, you know, everyone's able to see, oh, are my um, cycles, like long cycles are another common thing, are my cycles getting closer together? Um, And that's something that even if you're not charting or, well, you should be paying attention, I guess. But even if you're not charting everything, your temperature, your cervical fluid, you're still able to see that. But um, what's really great about uh, doing everything using the cervical fluid, the temperature, is you're able to see when your hormone levels are getting more regulated. And um, it's really, I think, an invaluable thing to have in your skill set when you're working on your hormonal health. Uh, it's just really, really informative. <laughs> and I that was something that surprised me when I started using it because I started using it as a birth control method. And um, it kind of woke me up to a couple of things that weren't so great with my hormonal health. So it was really, really awesome to have that as just this extra bonus of using this method. Yeah, it definitely made me feel more empowered over over my health, especially, you know, as a woman with PCOS, you just really do feel so out of control, but it was something that I felt like I could play a part a part of and um and it was great to see as my lifestyle changed, um my cycles changed for the better. And Yeah. Um wow, that's that's really a rewarding um outcome so yeah you know I I do have a question about charting so when I was doing fertility charting um you know on a on a really daily basis um Mm -hmm. I was using like a little sticker chart and I know we've come a long way from sticker charts so what you know are there any apps or other um charting vehicles that you like to use yeah, so the apps are really neat. Um, there's tons of them now. One thing that I'd like to mention about apps is that they are a tool. So it's not something like, oh, yeah, I want to do this fertility awareness thing. Let me just download an app and um, I'll figure it all out. Apps are really great charting tool, but you definitely want to have that base education um, and then use the apps as something to chart instead of using the apps to interpret everything for you and to just try to like learn based on what they're telling you, their little tips that usually are incorrect. And I mean, I've taken screenshots of apps that I've used and they're telling me like, oh, you ovulated yesterday. And I'm like, no, I didn't. So, <laughs> so it's definitely not good to rely on the apps, but they're really cool to 
use as a tool to chart. So there's a few different options. You can use sticker charts, like you said. Um, you can chart on paper, and I love charting on paper. Um, personally, it's just my personal preference. And then there's also a bunch of apps. There are some that are better than others. I think that some really good ones are Groove, um, Kendara, uh, Overview's okay. You have to be really careful about interpretations on that one. Um, so you kind of just have to ignore the ones that do interpretation for you because they're usually wrong, especially if you have anything a little bit different about your cycles, which you're likely to if you have at all imbalances in your hormones. Um, but those are some of my favorite. Groove doesn't do interpretations, and Kendara mostly doesn't do interpretations. Um, and they're, I think that they're really nice because a lot of people just want to keep everything in their mobile devices. And it's just something that for some people it makes charting a little bit easier. Because for some people, looking at a piece of paper, they're just going to forget about it or it's going to be inconvenient for them. Um, and having the ability to have different ways to do it is really great. And there's all kinds of technology around charting now, which some of it might be better than others, but there's all kinds of app-integrated thermometers and just lots of stuff that is coming out. Um, but you want to be careful about what you use and really make sure there's science behind it um, and that there's kind of a reason to use it. So I have to ask you, do you have any tips for for women who are charting on a daily basis to stay on track? Like how do you avoid missing a day and saying, oh, my gosh, I forgot to chart yesterday. I forgot to check my cervical mucus. Um, how do you stay on track? So the way that I teach cervical fluid is um, different than some people, but I there's some people who will teach, you know, check it at least three times a day. Um, I don't teach that way. I actually teach a similar way to what you might be familiar with with Creighton, but I teach people to check with toilet paper because um, it's really easy to remember when <laughs> you are noticing the difference of how toilet paper feels when you're wiping um, because you can tell sometimes, and people who have never even charted out there, they'll probably be like, oh, yeah, huh. So sometimes you'll wipe and it'll be drier. Sometimes you'll wipe and it'll be more smooth or slippery. And you can go, oh, yeah, I think I have cervical fluid. Look at the toilet paper, and there it is. Um, so it's really easy to remember once you get into, you know, a few days habit. Um, and sometimes it does take a little bit of time to get into the habit. But generally, most people don't have very much problem with especially cervical fluid at all. Um, temperature is also kind of easy once you get into the habit because it's like when your alarm goes off, you just take your temperature. Um, for people who don't ever use an alarm, some people just start using an alarm or some people are able to remember um, and take it anyway. But it, it kind of works out that checking the things works into your daily routine in such a way that you 
don't usually forget a lot once you get into the habit. Um, in terms of actually remembering to chart, I most people, as long as they pick for one thing, a good way that they like. So for instance, some people it's going to be really easy to remember to use an app and enter in their data. For some people it's going to be really easy to use a piece of paper because they'll see it there sitting on their nightstand and be like, oh, let me just chart. Um, I've had days that I've forgotten and one of the cool things about charting is that you are, the next day you can still write in what you had if you remember and I mean you can't go like a million days but it's not like oh I need to do this at exactly 12 p.m. every day like you have to do with taking a pill it's like there's there's a little give in there um and I I personally think that it's pretty easy once you get into the habit did you have a pretty easy time yeah, you know, you're right. I mean, it's just one, it's just kind of getting used to the um taking that those steps to take the daily observations. Um but then it becomes, you know, like second nature. Um Totally second nature. Yeah. Yeah. Um and it's not, you know, it might seem really overwhelming at first to take this step um and and start in a, a fertility awareness kind of program. Um, but I think certified educators like you uh, have kind of broken it down to very doable steps and, um, you know, make, make it what can seem like an overwhelming, um, idea really digestible and easy. So I really, I, I encourage people who are thinking about it and I can tell you coming off of the birth control pill was one of the best things that I did for my health. Um, and I'm just so happy that I made that decision. I know it's not the, the right decision for everyone, but it certainly was for me. And um, if you're thinking about doing it and, you know, are, are a little concerned about tracking fertility, I highly recommend that you check out Hannah's site, holistichormonalhealth.com. And um, just t- tell us again the name of the your free resource. Yeah, it's uh, the Her Fertility Mini School, and it's herfertility.com slash join hyphen free. Well, thank you, Hannah, so much for coming and, and sharing, you know, your knowledge and um, and being with us today. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And just so you know, PCOS Diva podcasts are now on iTunes. So please go and and rate um, our podcast today. And please subscribe. We have a lot of other fantastic guests um, on the, the horizon. So thank you for listening, and I look forward to being with you again soon. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.